everybody to this ultra webinar with coach Stephanie Howe-Violet. Thanks for joining us, Stephanie. Hi, thanks great, for having me. Great to have you out in um, Bend, Oregon, and I'm Dimity here in Denver. And what we want to do today is just talk through kind of the basics of ultra. Um, so I want to start with, you know, kind of how to know when you're ready, um, how to pick the right course, um, you know, how to train for it properly, that kind of thing. And um, we've got people listening live right now. So if you guys have questions, you can either, why don't you um, hit the chat button at the bottom and then I can unmute you and you can either, um, either uh, talk to one of us directly or you can just type in your question. Um, so just, just, but give us a heads up with a chat instead of just unmuting and talking because <laughs> that might be a little abrasive if we're in the middle of a thought. So, um, so Stephanie, you've led these um, ultra programs in the Train Like a Mother Club. We're going on year three now, is that correct? Yep, yep, third year. Okay. All right, so tell us kind of what you're, and, and you've been coaching athletes for a long time. You have a, mm -hmm. um, a specialty, specialty both in coaching and the nutrition too, so you kind of cover the whole base, right? Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and so tell me what, first of all, what do you, what do you like about coaching um, first time ultra runners? Um, it's really exciting. Honestly, I, I love it. it. You know, working with people who've run dozens of ultras, it's like, you're just trying to improve like, the, you know, 2% people who are brand new, they have so much to learn. And an ultra is, is a little more, there's a lot to learn. It's not like you can just sign up for a 5k and go out there and do it. You have a lot of preparation, a lot of time, and there's a lot of different um, areas that you can um, work to improve. So your first experience is good. So I love it. And, you know, it's, it's such a great community of women that support each other. Um, you know, everyone goes through ups and downs and it's, you know, really exciting for me, um, to, to work with this group of women. Yeah, it's cool. And it's cool too, because you go out, you fling yourself around the world. I swear like, okay, I'm in South <laughs> Africa and now I'm in, um, you know, in the Alps of France and now yeah. I'm racing in Brazil. And it's really cool because you come back and talk about, you know, your experiences and, um, and you're very honest about, it's not always, you know, finish lines and medals, right? Right. It's not always great. No, no. And that's the, you know, kind of the nature of running an ultra. A lot of things have to go right um, for, it, for it to be a, a great day. Um, but yeah, I travel all over and um, definitely have good days and bad days. And I, I think it's good to share that because it's, you know, as a... Um, a pro athlete, sometimes it, it seems really glamorous, but um, when it comes down to it, we're all the same. We're trying to get to the finish line um, as quick as possible without, um, I was going to say the least amount of pain, but I don't know if that's really a, a thing. Too far, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the pain, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, good. Well, so if you have someone come to you and they say, I'm considering running an ultra, um, mm -hmm. what, what are some of the things that you want them to know um, mentally about the, the training and the race and then also well let's start there what, what do you think you kind of have to know about it before you're ready to take it on I think you know there's a lot of plans that are called like couch to 5k couch to 10k I don't think couch to ultra really works no um, because <laughs> you're gonna you know the plan starts really easy and actually this is a little side note but a lot of women when they first start the plan say this is less than what I'm used to doing. And I say, that's good, just wait, it's gonna get hard. So embrace this time. 
but I think you want to have some experience under your belt in terms of running different distances. I, I don't think this is a, a good first time plan if you've never done, you know, a, a race over a half marathon before. Um, you don't want to start with an ultra. So I think um, having that, I guess this is more physical, but having some consistent running in your background is important. And mentally, you know, it's one of the, the misnomers is that you run hundreds of miles a week <laughs> to prepare for an ultra. And that's not true. Um, the training is a bit different. It's focused on volume a little more than intensity because you can only increase one or the other at once. Um, if you try to increase both, that's kind of a recipe for disaster. So we focus on getting you ready to run the distance, maintaining general fitness. Um, there's definitely workouts. It's not easy, sure. <laughs> but um, the focus is all on, you know, getting your body and your mind mentally prepared to go out there for hours because it is a different type of thing. If you've never experienced an ultra, it's, you know, you're, you're going to have even the best of races. You're going to have periods of of low, low patches and Absolutely. learning how to work through that, um, is important. So that's where the training comes in because you're going to have that in some training in some of the training runs. And then also the community of runners, you know, you share your experiences of ups and downs. Ups and downs for sure. Well, speaking of ups and downs, I mean, I know this is kind of maybe a silly question, but most ultras are on trails, right? So we need some do people need to have trail running experience or is it okay if they've run, you know, I think we have our prerequisites are um, that you've run a marathon within the past year mm -hmm. for the 50 K and then done a 50 K to do the 50 miler. And those are, those are prereqs that have a little flexibility. So if you yeah. have some kind of situation where, you know, you have a special situation, just let us know. And that might, you know, the, the rules are bendable, right. but, um, <laughs> but you know, does somebody who has never run on the trails and say, I've, I just ran a marathon last fall, mm -hmm. is it okay if I jump over to the trails and, and train for a 50K or tell me how much trail running experience I need to have? Yeah, definitely. I don't think you need much. Um, okay. I think as long as you've run, you know, and we put those prerequisites up there to set you up for success, not to disclude anyone. But, yeah. um, you know, I think if you haven't run on the trails, I think having an open mind to switching your training to mostly trails is kind of an important thing to have in place before you start this program. Um, you don't have to run on trails every single day with the training, but um, you want to think about specificity. So if your race is on a trail, you want to prepare your body on a trail. So for some women, that means uh, going out every weekend and getting to a trail. If you can't during the week, that's fine. Um, but you don't necessarily have to have a lot of trail experience, just the, the willingness to get on the trails for, you know, your training block. Sure, sure. And, and um, talk a little bit about the shift that happens from the road to the trail, because it's not, you know, yeah. we can be so ruled by our numbers and our GPSs. Um, mm -hmm. The, the road, and that can also happen on the trail, but I feel like there's kind of a release that, that is really yeah. lovely in my mind when you hit the trail. And so talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, when you get to trails, mileage kind of goes out the window. No one cares what your splits are, <laughs> really, um, because it's time on feet that matters, and every trail is so different. So if you're running up a mountain, your your pace is going to be so much different than your than if you're on a flat surface. Um, so yeah, I really don't like to focus on mileage or pace, more on effort and time on feet, which in some ways is just a, a release of just like you don't have to be so rigid about 
hitting splits or that sort of thing. I think it's it's more um, like type B personality, even though I'm not I'm not doing that. <laughs> but I, I love that in training. It's just that freedom um, to go out there and maybe leave the GPS at home and just you know, run for, for fun. So that is a big shift. Um, it can be a little frustrating when you're used to running certain paces, but I just encourage people to kind of go cold Turkey and just like, let it go. Like maybe if you need to don't run with a watch to start. Um, some of my, my, uh, best gal pals, uh, they don't, they don't run with any sort of watch. <laughs> no, they just go. Yeah. They just yeah. Go. yeah like and it, I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And this, it's kind of like trail running is like for us, like wannabe type Bs, right? We know we're type right. A, we know we're runners, but right. today, like there, there's this freedom that comes with being out on the trails. And I mean, one of the things that, um, you know, if you've never done a trail race, I would encourage you to try one, maybe just so that you kind of get a sense of it, you know, I mean, even if it's a, if it's a 10 K or something like that, just to get a sense of what it feels like. I mean, because I mean, I remember being at Rocky raccoon a couple of years ago. Um, and my friend was running the hundred miler and I was pacing her towards the end. And like at the beginning of the race, it was like 5 AM and they were going off and they were like, okay, go. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's so, so different. Yeah. It's so chill. And yeah. it, you know, yeah. it's like, it's not this crazy you know, go from the start. It's like, no, after you, no, because you have hours to sort it out. And another, another thing to be prepared for is like, you can cross the finish line and it can be like a little anticlimactic, not always, but sometimes like there might be no one there. Um, that's happened to me before. Um, but just knowing like you're more doing it for yourself. Most of them have some sort of you know, finishers, metal, maybe actually not, I don't know, but you're not like doing it for like the after, you know, race photo or the, the sure. prize you're doing it for the experience. And I think that's so cool. Well, and, and to go along with that, and this is not to bash road running by any stretch because I know there's a lot of community and support out there, but there is something really, um, connecting and special when you're out there, you know, in, um, in the early morning or maybe at night, although, you know, most of these because 50K and 50 milers, well, they'll 50 milers. Anyway, the point is, is that when you're out there either by yourself or with somebody else, you know, it is this really magical time mm-hmm. that um, you just don't get anywhere, any other time, or I don't, I should Yeah, say, yeah, no. Men, but like, it's just very, <laughs> you know, like the stars and the, and the quiet and the, and the just, I don't know, there's just something so surreal and sublime about it all. I mean, you got to train to get there and we'll talk about that in a second, but just know that you're going into a very different experience if you are mostly a road runner or if you're coming from triathlon or something like that where it's very structured and you're in, you're out, you're T1, you're T2, you're watching your splits, you know, it's just got this very kind of chill, hippie vibe. For it does of. have a chill vibe. And yeah. I, I really like that. I think, you know, you're, you're going at a pace and I don't want to say you're going slower because you're not, but it just, it feels a little bit different and it allows for time to maybe like talk to your competitors. Yeah. Like I've had some great conversations on hundred mile races before and you don't, you don't always get that, you know, in like a, a road race where it is, you know, it's faster. So you, I don't know. People, they're not, it's not that they're not as friendly. It's just the culture is different. So exactly. Yeah. Well, and so, um, and, and talk a little bit about, um, just, you know, I mean, we talk about this a lot in the programs, but I mean, hiking is not only, um, allowed it's encouraged, right? I mean, so you're not, you know, especially like you were talking about, if you hit, hit a long hill, like this is all about energy, um, Oh, what's the word? Energy, saving your energy, right? Yeah. yeah. Spending it in the right ways, right? Yep. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, just 
talk, you know, sometimes you're scrambling, sometimes you're hiking, sometimes you're sprinting. Like it, there's mm -hmm. a lot of different gears. There, there are a lot of different gears and walking is really a, a tool you can use in a race. And it's not like you're, you're slower by walking. It's when the hill is steep enough and long enough, you're actually going to go faster for the amount of energy output you have. And so in a 50K or 50 mile, that's, that's encouraged. Like that's what you should do because that helps you get to the finish line faster. So there's many different um, different running, I guess, strides or just different, different things you go through in the race. It's not like you're doing the same turnover, you know, over and over again. And that's why, you know, sometimes people see a race profile and it's, it's mountainous and it looks like terrifying, like, ah, those hills. And I say, no, that's actually, to me, I think an easier race because it breaks it up. A flat 50K to me is a little bit more challenging because you have to run the whole time. Right. Exactly. And if there's yeah. hills, and I'm not saying it's easy by any means, but if there's hills, you get periods where you're going to be walking, hiking uphill, and then going faster downhill. I think for a new runner, I would actually suggest a trail that has some hills in it rather than a flat course, because that's a little bit harder to just think about a constant turnover for 31 miles. Totally. <laughs> totally. Um, that said, you know, there definitely, I mean, there are um, not a ton or I guess there, I shouldn't say that, but it's not like there are a lot of ultra courses that are um, rated beginner friendly, right? <laughs> I mean, because you're going to be out there in the elements no matter what, right? I mean, there's right. certainly ones that like, like I said, Rocky Raccoon is a nice flat-ish course, but it's still mm -hmm. challenging. I mean, are there any things that people should look for as they're looking for their first ultra course? Yeah, I think so. Um, the, the best race for you is going to be the one you're most excited about for whatever reason. It could be the destination, the group of people, the race directors, um, the post-race party that they put on. That's going to be your best bet because when you get into the training, it gets it gets hard. And if you're really not looking forward to the race, it can be tough to keep going. So I think look for a race that really draws you in. Um, I also think looking for a race that um, you can train on um, trails that are similar to the, the race profile, that's important. So if you live in Iowa, it might be a little bit diff difficult to do like <laughs> a race in the, the French Alps right? Sure. Because um, you, you don't have the specific terrain. So that shouldn't be like a limiting factor, but it should be a consideration. Like, can I get on terrain that's going to mimic what I see at, at you know, the race? And then, um, you know, races are different in terms of the number of people. So do you want a race that's really big, full of energy? Like I think of the North Face um, Endurance Challenge races, they're like, a, they're a celebration. There's yeah. tons of people. You finish and there's like, hundreds of people there like high-fiving you or do you want something a little bit smaller and more low-key where you you show up and they kind of are like five minutes late to the start the race director and says like okay everyone go and then at the finish it's just like there's maybe people sitting around a fire playing a guitar I mean you know those are both awesome but it just depends on what experience you want Yep. Yep. Well, that's a good question. So I think um, she's honest with this call. So if you want to talk, I think you say your name, um, Sadiana, Sadiana, I believe. Um, but she wanted to know, you know, so she wanted to know if her first 50 K 50 K race should be local or somewhere Ooh. else. She's in the middle of doing, um, she wants to run a half marathon, at least a half marathon in every state. So she's mm -hmm. almost, oh, cool. so, you know, does she want like there is something to be said for being able to train at home and, and be familiar with the trails. Mm -hmm. And there's also something to be said for a little bit of an adventure. So, um, I mean, you kind of already answered this, but what would you tell her? 
So, I mean, it's nice to be able to sleep in your own bed the night before and you're pretty familiar then with the trails and what to expect. Um, so that's, that's how I did my first 50K, but I mean, there's also something to be said for traveling somewhere and making it a dedicated trip, which kind of makes not, you don't take it more seriously, but it makes it more of a, a thing rather just like, this is in my backyard. So sure, I'm just going to sure. like roll into it. Um, I think it really depends on, again, what you're more excited about. Like, do you want to go to California in the winter? Because I do. Um, or do you want to, do you live somewhere totally awesome and you like, this is your, your trail, like the race you want to do. So I could see going either way. Okay. Okay. Um, and so here's some, here's some other questions from her. And I, so um, this kind of lead into other things. And again, if you guys have questions, just put it in the chat box underneath it, or if you want to um, bring up, you know, a point off of what we're talking about. So um, her um, base weekly mileage before she starts training for a 50K. So you've kind of alluded to this. Both of these programs are 24 weeks, which more or less is six months. That's a long time to be training. Yeah. So we, like you said, we ramp you up pretty nicely the first couple of weeks. But is, what, what do you want to see before somebody comes into the plan? Just some consistent running under their belts, like running three to four days a week. Nothing crazy. Um, okay. I mean, an hour less than like 30 to 60 minutes a few days a week. Um, and our plan, it does kind of start you from the base and build a base. So if you're training a lot already, it might seem like a step back um, with some of the volume, but it, it's done purposefully. Um, you know, a steep, there's nothing worse than a steep ramp um, to increase your risk for injury. So we've got a very, shallow gentle ramp. gentle yeah it's kind of like a um one of those pools that you wade in too slowly yes yes it's good yes. it gets deep at the end but um you don't have to be you know training a lot to come into this plan we'll um we'll get you ramped up <laughs> exactly and and um and so and she's also asking the days there's two so on the 50k plan it's five days a week of training um most of them have four runs and one cross training day um, and then, um, and then there's strength training, um, throughout the whole week, uh, or every week there's two strength routines that Stephanie, um, put together that are between, I think six to nine moves, um, stuff that you do yourself, right? Yep. A lot of yep. really, um, there's a it's exactly what I do, <laughs> exactly what you do. And yeah. it never gets easier, right? Or no. Sometimes it gets easier. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Okay. But yeah, so it's stuff that's, you know, built, um, definitely for the, um, the, the trail runner, the ultra runner. Mm -hmm. Um, there's some stuff like there's some kettlebells in there. There's a couple things with weights, but a lot of it is just body weight as well. So mm -hmm. if you don't have access to a gym or to weights, we can definitely help you modify the program a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just jumping up, if you're thinking about the 50 miler, it's very similar, except for that you only have one rest day a week. And, um, and the difference between them is that the 50 miler, um, you, you do a couple of days of back-to-back -back running, right? You do the back-to-back yep. -back runs and talk a little bit about those and why, why somebody would want to, um, why that's important for a 50 miler. Yeah. So to get a little more volume, just to prepare your body to race 50 miles, um, you can't really, you can't really have a training run that's like seven or eight hours. I mean, you can, but it's really not that effective in terms of like 
fitness adaptations. So instead, we break it into two days in back-to-back long runs. So you do the first run and say, I'm just going to pick random numbers. It's like three hours. Mm-hmm. And you finish that run. You're, you're fairly tired the next day. But then you go out again, and you do like two to two and a half hours. And so you're practicing running on tired legs. And that's another great opportunity to practice like the, the mental toughness and the fueling aspect as well, because those become exponentially important when you do that second run. And so that's a way that we get more volume and prepare the body for running 50 miles, um, you know, instead of just putting you out there on a 50 mile training run. Cause of that, no one does that. I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, there definitely is. And I mean, as, as the, as the ultras get longer that, you know, it's not like you go out for a 75 mile training run. No, never. You know? No, I mean, and honestly, like, and this is, we don't do a hundred mile training plan, but the, the volume doesn't get exponentially bigger. Like, it, I mean, it doesn't like if I'm training for a hundred miler, it's not that, that different from a 50 mile training plan. It's not the same, but it's like, you know, these are all preparing you to, to, you know, if you want to continue on the path with uh, moving up in distance. Totally. Um, so Carrie has a question. I'll come back to um, the rest of your questions as well. Um, Sid- yeah. Deanna. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. I, of all people, should not butcher a first name. But um, okay, so Carrie, because you talked about fueling, um, mm-hmm. I ran my first 50K last fall. And although I thought I was fueling sufficiently, I ended up hitting the wall. I'm able to fuel well for a marathon, but would love some advice on fueling specifically for a 50K or longer. And you have some, some great ideas. What are some basic stuff that you like to, to share, Stephanie? Well, first of all, you're in luck because we do a big focus on nutrition because that's my background. Um, And that's kind of where I geek out. So most runners don't fuel enough. And um, uh, one of the the big places where the um, this things fall apart is not, well, sorry, dogs are fighting a little bit here. Um, Don't start early enough. So, you know, you might be fueling enough but potentially not starting within the first hour. And so tips um, I like to give are, I guess, it's, it's hard to summarize in a few sentences, but one, be consistent with your fueling even during training runs. You need to train your gut to, to be adaptable to that fuel so you can use it during races. Um, and second, use simple carbohydrates. There's so many products out there that are trying to be like real food, better alternatives. They're not great for when you're racing and training. Save the real food for your meals. Like, you know, that's a really good rule of thumb. Um, Eat whole food, real food. And then when you're training, you want the simplest stuff so you don't have to digest it. So um, summary, good fuel, practice and training, and aim for probably 200 to 250 calories per hour. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds like a lot, um, but it's it's magical when you can actually feel that difference. You totally can too. Yep, for sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, her other question was, um, let's talk about um, going from. She said, "Would you advise piggybacking a fifty miler after a fifty k? How much time would you suggest in between, and what kind of training would be best?" Um, so she's thinking about completing it just to go the distance, not a specific mm-hmm. time goal. But talk a little bit about once you finish an ultra, whether, you know, your first, for your first or a 50 K, how much time is smart so that you're not leaving your body completely overtired or putting yourself up to be mentally burnt out? Yeah. I think it's really good to not have something else on the calendar 
after you do your first race, your first ultra, because you don't know what the recovery is going to be like. You don't know how your body is going to feel. Um, everyone's a little different, but it takes a lot longer to recover from an ultra. Like a, a marathon, I think, is more acute, like maybe more painful right after, but you heal pretty quickly. Whereas an ultra is maybe that slow pain that lasts a lot longer. So I would say you need at least six weeks um, to recover. And I, I would just, you know, the, the ultras are, they're not, they're not new, but they're new to like the, the mass population. And so I've just watched over the last five years, um, a lot of people doing the first 50 K and then their first 50 mile and the first hundred mile all within the same year. And it usually, it usually comes back to haunt them in terms of like a long-term injury or just like chronic fatigue, um, or their body just gets broken down. So I recommend a slow entry to ultras. If you do your first 50 K, why not do another 50 K and you like get some experience, get, feel comfortable and then jump up to a 50 mile. Now I, and I, I don't want to like, um, you know, sound like I'm trying to keep people from doing races, but, um, to set yourself up for success, I think that's a really great way to think of it. Um, and uh, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say. If it's not your first 50 K using a 50 K for a 50 mile race is an okay way to do it, but not necessarily for your first one. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, okay. Um, so, uh, going back to the training programs, it does it, um, Sadian is asking, does the training program include trail road and treadmill runs, or is it just get your miles in any way you can? Um, and, uh, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we don't give a surface necessarily. Um, so, I mean, for something like hills, um, there is instruction on, you know, the type of hill, how steep. Um, but we leave it kind of open to you in terms of what's going to work for your schedule, knowing that you want to get on the train specific to your race as much as possible. So however that's going to work for you, um, you can kind of structure that out. But for the long runs, I really recommend getting on trails um, as much as you can, because that's where you're going to be racing, most likely. If you're yeah. doing a road ultra, then you should get on the roads. Yeah. Um, but there aren't that many of those. So. Yeah. And the thing about a trail too, that is important um, is that it requires more mental um, acuity. or swiftness, you know? And, and so, you know, it's, it's like, okay, if you're going out for say four hours, you know, you might feel good for two hours. And then that last hour is really important on the trails because you are still moving your body forward and maybe dealing with roots and rocks and fatigue and all this stuff. And so the next time you go out for that, a three hour run, it won't feel quite as hard. And so, yeah. you know, I know, I know both of us live, I live in Denver, you're in Bend, like we both live in places where good trails are not that hard to find. Um, and that's, you know, a fortunate situation. Um, but, you know, so when you're thinking about this, and if you are thinking about doing an ultra this summer or this fall, really pay attention to what you have available to you. I mean, you can make a lot of things work. You can make stadiums, you know, work if you need to. You can make, um, you know, loops on a trail, um, on a, on, mm -hmm. you know, a trail work. I mean, because if you're going to come, say, and run, a, you know, say the North Face race in San Francisco, and you do live in Chicago, like, we can make it work, but we're definitely going to help you find some places where you can um, build in some trail time so that it doesn't, it's not so overwhelming um, when you get to it because everything will feel very new. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. And it, it goes yeah. both ways too, because when I get on the road, I feel like a 
like a foreign, like, what is this? Like, yeah. it, it's just so different. So in like, um, Dimitri said, you want to be prepared for what you're going to encounter on the trail and it, it requires mental stimulation. So there's roots, there's rocks and, and you want to know, you know, how you want to know how that's going to impact your running stride and just, you know, how to deal with all of it when you're tired. So you don't get into the race and fall on your face because <laughs> that can happen. Yes, absolutely. Um, Lindsay's asking, um, what about using a marathon as a training run? So a 26.2 on the road, what do you think about that? I'm not a huge fan of it because they're so different. Um, and it, you know, it's hard to use a race to, to go easy enough in a race um, to have it be quality. Um, it's not it's not um, a black and white thing. Like, you know, it can work, but my preference is to follow the training plan um, and have the long runs be slower and not a race effort. Um, that said, if, if a marathon is incorporated, it's um, totally fine. It's just that there needs to be recovery built in after it. So, you, you know, you have to take like a week of downtime because even, even if it's just a training race, it's still a race. You still run 26.2 miles on pavement and have to recover from that. Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, a couple other um, questions here. Um, does doing a long hike equal a trail in trail run tra in ultra training? So um, if they, if, you, if somebody does a, a, like a 14 or here in Colorado climbs a mountain at over 14,000 feet, would that equate to a training run or is that more of just a long day hike? Yeah, that's kind of in, an interesting idea. So um, depending on the race course, like if you're racing a mountainous, you know, like a lot of vert in a, in a race, yeah, that's, that's a long training run. Um, if you're running a flatter race, um, hiking isn't really specific. So you could count it as a long run for maybe one day, but I wouldn't include it regularly as part of a training plan. Mm -hmm. um, and I also wouldn't include it as just a, an extra, you know, like cross training day. Cause that's a, that's a hard, that's a day. That's a day. That's yeah. a long day. So if for some reason that opportunity comes up, um, I would take it cause I'm a fan of seizing the moment, seizing the opportunity, but know that, um, you probably change the training a little bit to fit it in. Um, unless it's, you know, you're racing in Colorado, <laughs> that sure. would be a great training training uh yeah. run for Colorado exactly. exactly yeah well and so and um and just like this um all the other programs in the train like a mother club you know Stephanie um and the other coaches are available to help you um with um move things around a little bit if you need to so you can you can reach them over the Facebook page you can reach them um during office hours um you know you can reach them over email if that's if that's the best way to connect so you know if you do say oh my gosh I've got this trip to Colorado coming up and I'm going to hike Pikes Peak or whatever it is, you know, it's during this week, we can say, okay, that's great. This is how you're going to want to do it. And here's how you're going to modify your schedule a little bit so that you do get that, you know, you, you count it, but then you also get, can get back on the plan um, fairly quickly so that you don't miss out um, on too many important other things. So. Yeah. And that's a great point. I think, I mean, I'm more than happy to help people kind of structure those, those events in. And I think I encourage them because I don't want this training plan to be so, um, you know, so strict or so non, so rigid that you can't have things like that. And that's sort of the beauty of trail running too. It's not like you're going for miles and splits and time. Like if you have something like that, it's easy to work it in. So I think, sure. yeah, those things are totally normal to, sure. to fit in during a training block. 
What about trying to fit in something like um, a sprint triathlon? So if you say you are, say you do a couple of sprints, sprint triathlons during the summer, and mm -hmm. um, somebody's training for a 50k, you know, in October, would that be um, okay to kind of merge the plans, or should she just really focus more on the on the ultra training um, for her first 50k? I mean, my first preference is obviously to focus for the 50K, but I realize that's not always feasible. So I think it, it could work as long as there's enough time to do, to switch over to run specific training, um, you know, like eight, eight weeks as a minimum um, leading into the race. So if the race was October, then if you're done by late summer and can really dedicate time to, to running, I think that can work. Um, it's just you know, a matter of like, what's the priority and knowing that, you know, maybe this ultra isn't the priority. And, and if that's okay, then we can get you ready, but, um, it won't be at the same as if you did the full program. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, having watched people come through a couple times and, and combined programs, I mean, I would say, especially for the ultra, you know, you're gonna, you said eight weeks. I mean, I personally would go 12 to 16. Yeah, I was like, I kind of like, hey, I, don't I don't know if that's enough. Yeah, I mean, spot. <laughs> definitely do one at the beginning of the summer. You could do one in like June or something like that. You could do yeah. one in June mm -hmm. and get, you know, use um, the biking and the swimming for cross training and stuff. But then, especially because again, what we've talked, we've kind of harped on, but that time on the trails, time on your feet is really going to be the difference um, between success on race day and feeling really strong and not. And mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, it's just important, especially for your first time out. We really want you to yeah. feel like you're strong. And that's one thing, you know, again, let me just take a little sidebar here. And one thing, again, I just watched these programs go by. I have not had, un I've been unable to participate in a 50K program, even though I'd like to. And what I see again and again is that people who follow this plan and follow Stephanie's um, advice on nutrition on race day feel so good almost throughout the whole race. Of course, there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be peaks and valleys, but they feel strong at the end, which yeah. is not always the case as most of us know who's been, who've been in a no not know? for the first not for your first ultra and it's been incredible to watch this you know yeah. from my my side um and i'm you know this isn't like i'm not taking credit for this these women work hard and they listen oh, they do. But, and but, they, they execute but it's it's really cool to see if you follow these steps we put out you can be really successful yeah. And it feels really good. I mean, it feels so good to be on mile 28. Maybe that's the farthest you've ever gone and you have three, a little over three miles left and you still feel like you have something to give. And that is, it. Yeah. Oh, what a, what a great, great feeling and what a cool position to put yourself in. And yeah. again, going back, you know, Stephanie, a lot of credit does go to you because <laughs> these plans, when you first see them, you're like, oh, I'm going to run an ultra. I've got to ramp up my mileage. I've got to, you know, really, I'm going to get up into the, you know, whatever, over 50 miles a week or over 60 miles a week that these don't do that. And that's what's yeah. so lovely about it is, yeah, definitely you're going to hit some high mileage during mm -hmm. the peak weeks, but they also work into your schedule and they work into the schedule of busy women, whether you're your mom or not. Um, and that's, you know, it's not, you really come at it from a quality and quality as well as more is less. Yeah. And right. I, yeah. Sometimes I, that feels wrong in the runner mentality. Sometimes it, it does really come together, but We've seen it come together too many times uh -huh. to it at this point. <laughs> and all I have to say is just trust me on this. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's just, it's something that I put a lot of thought and time into um, to create. And it, it does, it does seem a little bit different than a traditional marathon plan, but it works. 
Exactly. Yeah. Well, and so one of the, another question is how do I get, um, my, my wife on board, my partner on board with me training for this. And, um, you know, one of the things I would say, again, if you're doing your first 50 K you've got two days off most weeks. So that's pretty, mm-hmm. that's pretty lovely to help around the house and be um, present for your family. And the weekend runs, you know, they, they ramp up for sure. And you're going to need some quality recovery time after them. But if you, you know, spend time, this is like any program, whether you're going to run a half marathon or a 10 K or whatever, you're introducing something new to the dynamic of your household. You've got to sit down and say, these are the weekends that I need. I'm going to need the day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need to drive to the trail. I'm going to be out there for four hours and then I'm going to drive home and I'm going to need some recovery time. And, you know, and I think the biggest thing is being upfront about it and yeah. talking about why it's important to you and how you'll help restore balance on the days that you can and, you know, what the plan is for after. I mean, I know you, you have dogs, Stephanie, so you know, <laughs> I've got my dog, my dog pups, but, but you and your husband are both super active. I mean, it's a little bit of a give and take, right? You guys have to, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, dogs are nothing like children, but still we have to do this. Our, um, our little one just turns, he turned one today. So that's really exciting. Oh, so he can, he can finally start running with us, which is oh, great. But yeah, no, I get busy life. Um, I've got way too many things on my plate most of the time. And so, yeah, it, it is all about like planning ahead and prioritizing what's important for you at certain times, but also, okay, when can I take a step back and prioritize my partner or my family? And with this plan, I mean, there, that should be realistic. Um, the other piece is if you're fueling correctly, you shouldn't be so wiped out. This, this plan should be sustainable um, that, you know, you don't have to go take a nap every single day. Um, and fueling plays a big role in that. Yeah, totally. Um, and then a similar question, you know, and we kind of just, we've touched on this, but suggestions on how to stay healthy while training, nutrition, um, physical therapy, um, strength, all the above. <laughs> all the above. Yeah. yeah the yeah. most underrated uh, piece of training and performance and recovery and staying healthy is sleep. So if, if all, like, if you have to skip a training run every once in a while to get more sleep, do it because that can make such a big difference. Even amongst elite athletes, people are always looking to maximize training and like taking supplements and using altitude tents. And it's like, all that stuff doesn't really matter if you're not getting enough sleep, because that is one of the biggest predictors of, of success and performance. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And, um, yeah. It's and free like, too. It's, it is free. It is free. Um, Nutrition, you know, we, we go through nutrition on the trail and off the trail um, yep. in these programs. And then also um, physical therapy. I mean, you know, you, Stephanie, um, I know I've had your fair share of injuries and, mm-hmm. um, you know, we want you to come in, you know, you don't have to be injury free, but you have to be on top of your things, right? Yes. If you know that your right hip always hurts after, you know, eight miles, then you need to know what do I do to make sure that that hip is going to be strong enough and I can make sure that I can keep it in a healthy position. So, you know, if that is massages every other week, if that is seeing my physical therapist once a month, whatever you have, whatever little, you know, prescription you have to keep yourself healthy, you have to keep up during during this program and any training program. Yes. It's not, you know, there's no passes, unfortunately. No, so important to have a connection to a professional like that. Like my PT is, I have like a, a team of people. Actually. Yeah. 
But my PT is the person I call up or email when things are going wrong. And he's talked me down before and like also given me a cautionary, you know, note of like, oh, slow down. This doesn't sound good. But just having that person established before you get into into a training plan is so great because you never know when things are going to pop up. And when you already have a relationship or, you know, you've at least met each other, when something happens, you can go right to that person. You don't have to be like, oh, I need to establish, you know, who my PT is and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, just having that person is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. So if, if you are coming into, I mean, I don't care if you are running your first half marathon or you're doing a half Ironman or you want to run an ultra or whatever it is, having established that before you get hurt because often, and I'm not saying that you're going to get hurt, knock on wood, but having them see your body, you know, in its natural state and how, you know, your imbalances, we all have imbalances. Yep. And then they have an idea and in their notes and they can say, okay, yeah, her glute medius needs to be worked on or whatever. There's always something that you can do that is going yes. to perform your, improve your performance. So mm-hmm. that's just a little PSA on that. Um, so here's a question from Gina. Um, she, says she hasn't run a marathon and the thought of one sort of scares her, but for some reason, the idea of an ultra is appealing. I think it's because I'm all about the endurance and not speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, when it comes to time on your feet, as a person that takes longer than others, I know about time on my feet. My longest time on my feet during a training run for a half marathon has been three hours. Um, how much more than that um, will there be in an ultra? Um, so I guess let's talk a little bit about the longest runs um, in the 50K program. Um, the longest run, I believe I'm looking at this right now, it looks like it goes up to five hours, but we need to cover, we kind of have a little, um, two baskets that you need to fill one or the other. Um, you need to go for, um, at least four hours and then you need to go for at least 24 miles. Um, So it's four to five miles, 24 to 28 miles. Um, so that's, so if it takes you a little bit over five hours to go 24 miles, that's okay. Yeah. Um, But we don't, we need you to cover at least 24 miles. Yeah. And we put that mileage in, we just, we put that in, um, you know, after we discuss the time, because we want to make sure, even though you are out there for five hours, if you're not covering that much ground, we want to make sure that you're prepared to complete the distance. So yeah, it's an either or thing um, for the longest run. Yeah. Yeah. And then most of the other ones, I mean, during the week, you're mostly at 60 minutes for a lot of the runs at the most 60 to 70 minutes, but a lot of them are 30 to 40 like recovery runs. Yep. Um, the, and the only other um, bit that you, that you should know about, and I love this again about these programs, Stephanie is, you know, you can really, um, it's really about tuning into your own body because like the week before that, the first run is um, um, two to three hours. And then um, on a Saturday, it's two to three hours. And then on Sunday, it's one to two hours. So that is a back-to-back long run in the 50K Mm -hmm. program. But so, so you know what? So if you're feeling like I am a little tired, I'm going to go two hours today and one hour on Sunday. Perfect. You know, yes, there's I mean, a range for yeah. a reason. And don't always choose the upper or the lower. Like, really be honest with yourself. And, like, most runners, they need um, someone to tell them it's okay to back off. <laughs> you know, like, I'm always going to do the upper end. Yeah. But like, if you're tired, like, give yourself that grace to be like, okay, I'm just going to – I'm going to do an hour and then recover. Um, and then hopefully the next weekend you feel better. So, yeah, we put those um, – uh, there's a nice, range. a very yeah. generous, healthy range that is, you know, it's going to work 
for everybody. Like it's going to work whether you're on one hour or two hours. Again, like yep. we runners have a hard time not like Stephanie just said, go, not going, Oh my God, I've got to do the top. I've got to be the best. I've got to get my A, but you know what you're going to, if you can really, a lot of this is just about listening to what you need that day and knowing yep. that the, the plan is going to work for you for that. And aim um, for a B. That's what I always B. say. Yes. 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 No I A think, pluses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say good enough, which is a C in my mind. Aim yeah. for good enough. You don't need there to be go. great, but good enough. Um, okay. There was one question. Um, she has her first ultra uh, on the calendar for September 22nd. She's going um, like a 63K or about, okay. about 40 miles, 39 to 40 miles. Mm -hmm. Which plan would be better for her? Should she think, I mean, that's really almost cutting the difference between the, yeah. and the 50 miler. I would say it depends on the course. So if it's a, it's a more mountainous rolling, like hilly course, if it's going to be a longer finish time, I would go for the 50 mile plan. If it's um, a, a little bit faster course, then I go for the 50 K plan. So either one, I honestly think if we did like an experiment and we put this person in both training plans, the end result would probably be the same. So I would just say, let's look at the race course and then pick off that. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's do an experiment. Let's put her on both. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows how to clone? Our own little, our own little train like a mother, <laughs> AB experiment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, um, so that said, you know, we are going to, um, have next weekend. So not this weekend, but the following weekend, um, that March, I'm looking at my calendar right now. It looks like March 2nd and 3rd. We're going to have a promotion for ultra running. Um, we're going to have 20% off the plans. Um, so if you want to, between now and then, um, dr drop us a line at clamclub uh, at anothermotherrunner.com with any questions for Stephanie. We'll get those to her and she can get back to you. Um, we will also, you know, be happy to, um, field questions over Facebook or that kind of stuff as well. So, you know, if you're coming in and, um, and if you have other questions after thinking about this, um, great. And, and, and the other thing is, you know, if you don't want to join one of the plans, that's awesome too. I mean, we want you to go out and, and run an ultra and have a great time. Um, but it'd be really fun if, if you got to join us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great experience, honestly. I mean, it, you know, for everyone involved, myself included, like it's, it's a pretty cool group of women and program. I agree. So, I yeah. agree. So, um, so thank you guys for joining us. If there's, I'm not seeing any other questions. Um, if you have any others, um, type them in quickly. Otherwise, Stephanie, thank you for your time. It's of always course. really fun to talk to you. And um, Likewise. Can you show us your cute dog that's oh, wanting yeah. to stand up? Fine. Come here, buddy. <laughs> he's growling he's oh he's so cute i love that <laughs> point here so yeah cool. he's uh he's he's unique yes how, <laughs> he's how much does he weigh he's probably like 30 pounds right now he's like he's tall but he's super skinny I don't know if yeah he's, he's ready for the trails man he is ready yeah awesome yeah um thanks you guys thanks for joining us carrie and everybody else and we will see you um out on the trails have a great rest of your day I'm good. Bye. Bye, Stephanie.